All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. There was a time this year we, we couldn't get, we struggled to get three shows in in a month, and we did, this is our third episode of the week, guys. We're making up for it. We are making up for yeah. it. Well, you know, it's good movie season because we have so much to watch, right? Mm-hmm. 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 It was guys, a pretty slow summer, as we've discussed. It, it was a slow summer, but it's ramping yeah. up now. Yes. We're trying to, it's the fourth quarter, game seven. For the film industry, trying to make up for lost time in 2016. Mm-hmm. Trying to come, come back from a one and three start. Yes, exactly. I'm feeling very chatty tonight. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. I I, I feel there's a lot to talk about as well. Um, just quickly, we, we watched the Detroiters, um, like the the 22nd preview for this Comedy Central show, Detroiters, the other day. Um, did you guys watch the? There's like a 10 second. There's like a 15 to 20 second yeah. clip. Did you watch it? Oh no. Um, what do you think, Mitch? <laughs> I, I Just really two guys it. sitting in a car it's eating two Coney guys dogs. Car of course. Eating Coney dogs, and uh, you know the the joke of it is he uses a Coney dog to wipe up the other guy's Coney dog mess on his lap. That's pretty funny. It's funny, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, Coney dogs. So I gotcha. That's very Detroit. Yeah, I like yeah. Coney dogs. Um, as you may or may not know, this is a Detroit film podcast, which is why we're talking about it. Welcome to Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV news, and discussion. Uh, my name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am every week or three times a week with my friends. Uh, Mitch. And Colin. <laughs> Me and Mitch and Colin get together every week. We watch a movie and then we come here and uh, sit around and talk about it. Um, we also do some news and video on demand recommendations. Guys, our, I'm going to say this because according to, to statistics on Libsyn, the uh, the syndication website we use to spread out our, our podcast, we're, we're, uh, we're a little up in, in listenership. Uh, so I just want to thank everyone out there for, for clicking and downloading and hopefully listening to the whole show. I wanted to say this in the beginning this time, just in case no one's sitting through the whole hours of these things. But <laughs> if you have opinions, if you think we're full of shit, if you want something to, that, if you think something we should discuss in the show or a movie we should see, email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. We will read yeah. your stuff on here. Or, I, you know. or if you want to submit a correction, because I was listening to it and I oh, realized yes, I... Uh, I referred to uh, Viola Davis as Taraji P. Henson, so that was embarrassing. But you, you picked it. You got you. You know. You also referred to her as Viola. What? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, did I? <laughs> I does no, it matter? Say, is know, it I'm, Viola? I, yeah. Oh, whatever. I'm serious though. Send I mean, I look shit. at the word. It's Viola. <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, if you listen, if you're listening to the show, uh, interact with us because I, I, I love you know. Call us out. I think it's fun. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we screw up a lot and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be checked every yes. once in a while, as uh, some people in this country have a problem with. Um, which I mean, let's, this is a good segue. Then let's let's do it. Um, you guys want? I mean, we t- we talked about it a little bit because Dave Chappelle was on a few weeks ago. Um, do you guys want? You don't? I don't watch SNL. No, I have trouble watching SNL. Actually, like I don't. It's not that funny to me. I tried a couple times this this, this month. Uh, not really feeling it. Um, I do think that Alec Baldwin, who's continuing to play President-elect Donald Trump, is doing a 
fantastic job. And that part, that stuff is funny to me. It's usually the cold open. Um, I'm enjoying it. Have you guys been? It's been a couple times since the election. Yep, I watch every episode. You do you watch every episode of yeah, SNL since in the past since the past two years or so? Really? Three years? Yeah. What about you? I watch like clips here and there. I mean, I typically always catch anything political. Um, the cold opens I watch, and then every once in a while, if it's like a um, a host that I really like, I'll like go through all like the clips that they have on their YouTube channel or something. It's very rare that I watch it live unless I'm over at my parents' house and um, cause my parents watch it every week. Right. Which is weird. Yeah. yeah makes I mean, sense. they don't we, watch it. We they did fall talk. asleep. I think, cause I, I, I think it was the Dr. Strange. Yeah. Right. Dr. Strange episode. I think we talked about, it. I don't think you were here for that Mitch, but we were just yeah. talking about how like, I don't, it's Saturday night. I'm not even like laying around the couch. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out doing social stuff. Right. Cause I'm so hip and cool. Right. But anyways, um, so cool. So cool. Uh, anyways, the, shove that in our face the, all the, time. the, <laughs> the president elect, uh, had an issue, uh, or has had issues with, with, uh, Alec Ball's betrayal and, and the unfairness so-called of SNL. And I, you know, it's not, we're not bringing this up to be political, I don't think, but I just, you know, it's, it's topical. It's the, the big thing in TV right now. He was on with today's show with Matt Lauer talking about it. And uh, Donald Trump had some interesting things to say about SNL and, and he, you know, Alec Baldwin. I'm sure Because he he, he's hosted SNL, uh, yeah. I think, more than recently. once. And, and once was recently. Yeah. And, you know, this Celebrity Apprentice, Apprentice, that's an NBC show. He's got, got connections there, you know. This oh, is. I can't wait till those Twitter rants about the new well, uh, how Arnold's oh, doing. Right, yeah. right. Oh, God. Um, he used to say to, to, to Matt Lauer, he said, "Frankly, the way the show is going now, and you look at the kind of work they're doing, who knows how long that show is going to be on?" The president-elect said of SNL. Overrated. Overrated. Not very, very good. Very sad. Very, very unprofessional. <laughs> Does the, does the president like to have a point here, or are we going to see another 45 years of SNL? Yeah, I'm sure I cannot see SNL being canceled anytime soon. It's an institution. Yeah, no way. No fucking way. He's, he, no, I mean, and I haven't... We're, we're not, I'm not breaking new ground here, but he has thin skin. I mean, he he's always upset when people make fun of him. Always. Right. right. Um which is which is my biggest problem with this, and it's not even that it's Donald Trump calling out Alec Baldwin. It's that any poli- like when people start, like, you know, he's offended. He says, uh, "I like Alec, but his imitation of me is really mean spirited and not very good." And yeah. but to me, it's like, look, this is comedy. Like you yeah. telling me if Hillary Clinton had been elected, they wouldn't be going after her. They yeah, would. They yeah. would. And totally. And, they would. and because it's funny. I mean, it's about it's about being absurd. I mean, did you guys see the sketch? The mm-hmm. most recent one with yeah. the, the tweets, yeah. Yeah, which they were with, basically... <laughs> way to play into it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he tweets about the because thing they, about him tweeting about people. Because they basically <laughs> they basically wrote this sketch without any writing. I mean, they just they literally just took whatever he had been tweeting or retweeting and, and, mm-hmm. and making a, a scene about it. But, you know, you know when Steve Bannon walks in and he's, he's, like, a, <laughs> he's like a goblin or whatever, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. Death, yeah. I mean, you know, that is... The, look... You know, mean spirit. I, I just when people try to say that comedy goes too far, which clearly and sometimes it can. This is not that. This is not an instance of comedy going too far. Yeah. I mean, this is very tame. He's he's about to be the president. He needs to realize that he's going to get this every week for the next four years. Yeah. I mean, he everyone is going to be making fun of him nonstop because right. that's the only that's really the only ammunition you have. 
Just make him look like a fool. So, yeah. I mean, to, to Two points. One, like, how long has SNL been doing political satire? Since I can remember, at least. I mean, I remember John Goodman doing Linda Tripp. Uh, I mean, like... <laughs> Will Ferrell doing Janet Reno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, about quote-unquote offensive. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, we're, you know. <laughs> it's pretty offensive. Um, <laughs> so, it's, I mean... The, and I can't ever remember anyone getting so up in arms over an SNL um, impersonation. I mean, Sarah Pay. I mean, Tina Fey really ripped into Sarah Palin. I mean, deservingly so. But you know, I think I think Sarah Palin actually handled it pretty well, and she yeah, even went she on went the on show, the show with Tina. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and you know, so Hillary Clinton would, and she was being, you know, uh, uh, Kate McKinnon wasn't giving her an easy time, no. but, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, certain things like gay marriage and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't. It's just like I mean, part of it is I don't think Sarah Palin was like tw- basically almost live tweeting. You know, you know, you yeah, know, no. he's sitting there watching it, and that's the difference. He's yeah. just ready to ready to say, "Oh, this was just terrible. Right. No one's watching this, but you are. Yeah. You should, of all people, you should be more busy." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's Miss Seventeen of Twenty. Um, Intelligence security briefings, <laughs> yeah. but he has time for SNL. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Janet Reno's dance party? No, I. Oh don't. my god, that stuff's so. I mean, <laughs> the, the late Janet Reno who just passed away, but yeah, yeah. so so good. And uh, I'm, I'm 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 trying I to look. She got. P- right. Here's what. Wait. I loved Phil Hartman's. Um, was it no? Everyone's. He did Gore and he. he yeah, did, he did Gore. He. He did Clinton at one point too. I think. Yeah. Oh no! No, I think no, it's Daryl Hammond. Yeah, Daryl Hammond. Yeah, Hamm- yeah. Phil Hartman did George, uh, George Bush Senior once before, and like Reagan. after Dana Carvey did it. Yeah, yeah, and Reagan. Yeah, <laughs> too bad. Phil Hartman, he was hilarious. Yeah, I would great. have loved to see him still be doing stuff. Yep. The scarier point, like I want to bring up about this though, was like, I granted I didn't see him. I didn't watch this interview. I, re- I read, you know, his quotes of the interview. To me, it almost sounded like thready, like threatening. Yeah, like, like I don't know how much longer they'll be on. Right. Um, what's no. he gonna do though? I know, I know. It's like, what can he do? But like, it's still at the same time. It's like, that's that's like leaning towards like you know borderline like scary stuff censorship and it's yeah. from, you know and he, and he that's why that's why i say like i, I just in any i don't like when people are it's, you know it's more of a conversation about comedy because i i just it's like i'm gonna watch the season finale of south park tonight and it's gonna offend some it's gonna offend a lot of people but like to go out there and say that it's you know unless it really is crossing a line i can't remember when when i guess everyone's threshold is different but you start you start calling people out for quote unquote crossing a line or being too mean spirited, and then it's like, are they even gonna do comedy anymore? Yeah, well, I mean, then what's the point? You gotta make fun of people. You know, no, uh, like the when he says like, oh, it's so so one sided. It's like it's comedy. Like it makes fun of society. That's what comedy does. Right. And I don't. I do. You know, I do get really. I get offended when people get offended and want to ban something or ruin someone's career because of a joke mm-hmm. somebody heard at an open mic that got videotaped and tweet you know tweeted yeah, about right. like Daniel Tosh makes a rape joke and maybe he went a little too far but then the whole internet wanted to 
destroy his career right. and turn make him out to be a rapist. But see, that's like a that's like a real ser- you know like you could make it you could have an argument there. But mm-hmm. you know, m- making fun of the president tweeting is not a is not a mean spirited. No, no, comedy joke. Not at all. You know what I mean? Even you know I don't know. Yeah, Just no, I got you. Chill out, President Elect Trump. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Chill out. And and you know and and, and I, wisen up. I'm do sorry, that too. I, Matt Lauer, what are you doing, man? I mean, I I just I don't know if you if you hear the interview, it's like why don't you ask these like ask him be like what should no one make fun of you ever? Is that what is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or does it have to be some sort of quality? Like it's basically what he's saying is Alec Baldwin's just not doing a very good job. It's like shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll do it. I'll do my own impression. <laughs> what did you ever you ever see that uh, clip? I think it was from the Howard Stern program or one of, no, it was the other one, uh, Opie and Anthony or whatever it is now. Uh, Pete Davidson was on. <laughs> he was talking about when Trump was on and he was saying like, Oh yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, he's like turkey legs. You know, like you want to go and get turkey legs. He's he like, doesn't know how to read. come on. He's like, he doesn't know how to read. So the way he reads it is let's go turkey legs. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I'll improv this. It's gonna be a long. long <laughs> no, there's you know I I, I get Valley Ball and credit for keeping on keeping on. I mean, what he did could, the, I'm just saying he could easily you know right. he's not on the show. He's what got, did he say? He's Alec Baldwin said like I'll stop doing it if you release your, your taxes. Tax so funny. <laughs> yeah. And so then even if, yeah even if he does release his tax returns and they're exactly what we probably already know they are he should just keep doing it anyway <laughs> to just spite him and i and i just i just thought this and i know we're, we're carrying this on for a while and but like okay we're ch- i'm chatty tonight do you remember <laughs> when this was maybe a few weeks before the election they did that both clinton and trump were at that like catholic fundraiser yeah dinner mm-hmm. and they both like had to go up and like Hillary like had like you know an actual writer like write her like comedic bits and it like was funny and she yeah. came off well and whatnot. And then Trump's like attacks on Hillary were like so like comedic. I mean not so comedic, but so like hurtful. Like it, and it's just like it's it's exactly well, what he's yeah, like I mean, criticizing. Right, I know. Of course, I, did, I, I, I don't I don't get it. I did like his pardon me joke about her though. We ran into each other and she said, "Pardon me." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fine. That's fine. That's that's funny, funny. Yeah. That was a little wordplay there. I like it. Yeah, but of course, I mean, you know, that's how it is. It was like the word hypocrite gets thrown around yeah. a lot these days, but yeah. well, it was like it when means it, more than it reminds, does to other people. It reminded me of when Ann Coulter was on the roast of Rob Lowe. That, that was, was an crazy. epic bombing. You talk about a I mean, bomb of epic proportions. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't deliver so a fucking joke, and people were just not having it. I'm just saying that, like, everyone who went on there and railed on Ann Coulter. I mean, that yeah. you're talking about mean spirited. Yeah. <laughs> They, they hate her. I know. But. Well, <laughs> and she, she, yeah. Well, she hates a lot of people. I'm not uh, saying I wasn't she laughing, bitch. She loves Nazis. <laughs> just her face, like whenever someone said a really hurt, like hurtful joke, was just like stone. Like it just didn't even. Well, yeah, she has no emotion. I guess I give her credit for going. <laughs> She's like, hey, this is a. Sh-. She was basically saying like, this is a shameless pug for my book, and I like put it on the podium. It's like, oh god, she's stop. so awful. Um. Should we move on? Sure. I could go fucking out. I know. We should, yeah. <laughs> um, just make a new podcast. I'm just, it's, it's, getting us, it's, getting us, it's getting us. It's getting us. It's getting us mean spirited, you know. And I want to. I want to. Yeah. Uh, it's going to something a little more fun. 
Uh, we should talk about the Grammys, right? Grammy oh. Award. Are you just gonna make me mad now? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Am I no? Because I actually I am like happy about the Grammys for the first time. Yeah, like, no, I feel I'm, good. I don't know. But, yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, let's well let's get to it. And the Grammy nominations are out. Uh, I think today is that today? Yesterday. Last yesterday. Okay. Right. Um, and a lot of this, a lot of this uh, is. It's stuff from all the way to last November, I think. So it's it's stuff that that doesn't seem very recent. But uh, do you have any comments on the? We'll get to some movie stuff, but just in general at all. I mean, Colin, what are you, you you're not liking the Grammys? I I'm saying you know it's it's a low Grammys, standard. Yeah, the Grammys really really confuse me. I mean, they'll I I, I don't get like there's so much music. Out there, and and, and there's so many more Grammy awards than you see on the broadcast. Oh my God, That's yes. the other thing. Yes. I always pay attention to the folk and right. yeah, the sub, like all the you know not subcategories, yeah. but like the ones that don't actually air because right. mm-hmm. I think they only give, I think they only give out eight or like ten Grammys during yeah, the actual broadcast. Yeah, so it's more the big ones, the performances. Right. Um, in the in the subcategory, not subcategory, but I keep saying that, but like the other categories, I you know I find more respect in those ones, but like these main. The top four, um, like the big four categories, are really just infuriating to me. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, like what? Like what? Best rock? Best rock no, album? Not, best not new even artist? Like one, no, those ones are I, I, I album, are record, album, best record, new artist. song, and new artist. Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, album, record, song, and new artist. Okay. So you're looking at. I always get confused with record and song because yeah. it's like they're kind of the same thing. I, I, I song song is for the writers specifically. Record is for the producers. For all of yeah, yes, the best. Right. Yes, yes. It's like track. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> record is essentially the song of the year. Right. I mean, song of the year is the right actual writing of it. Yeah. You're not you're not pulling for work by Rihanna featuring Drake for Are record of the year. Fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really stern face from Colin. <laughs> I'm kidding you. I, yes, I, I enjoy Rihanna. Sure, I do too. Yes, that is a not good this, song. This, but are this, you <laughs> fucking kidding this, me? I'm just sorry. This freaking Calvin Harris. Ooh, ooh, I, can, I mean, I can't get it out of my head. So whatever. She's doing something right. But yes, you're not. You're not for this no. work. No, <laughs> she didn't put a lot of work into this song because it's one word. <laughs> yeah. I, what a horrible. And oh, I, I mean, I'm maybe not the best husband because I don't listen to a lot of terrestrial radio so i don't really know what, what's playing and what people are responding to oh. but i think like i have like a good like idea of like what is like of songs yeah like, i in pop in the pop right culture discussion but what i remember from rihanna was like not a lot of people liked that album i i i think it was all right but I, there's again there's was so many songs released this year I know, that you're I know. telling me that that song is one well, of the best five not, songs the, of the year the problem with the grammys is a lot of the time it's not about quality it's about how much money it made and how popular it was really it's and, like yeah i don't listen to the radio so every year i i look at you know best song best record um album i usually know but the best you know, best new artist, just all that stuff. And I am just confused, you know, like who the fuck is Sarah, you know, Borealis or whoever the fuck, whatever her name <laughs> was. Like, yeah. Sarah Borealis is awesome. Yeah. Sarah Bell- Borealis. Oh, but at the time when it came out, it's like she had a song on a commercial and that's how much I knew of her. 
like and i don't even i can't dude, even tell love you song is all about that song is all about the record label man she's a she's got a lot of angst in her yeah. she's yeah. she's fighting the man yeah it's not my type <laughs> of music but <laughs> but uh <laughs> she was on a seth mcfarland album that's why i like her oh okay uh anyways but i i was saying like that i don't recognize a lot of stuff yeah. and occasionally the academy of music whatever it is um will <laughs> nominate something that is out there you know uh, a few years ago it was it was um or not a few more than a few it was arcade fire mm-hmm. for best new album and everyone was like no fucking way katy perry or lady gaga is taking that and they won for for the suburbs yeah i remember that and that was huge i was like i was blown away by that and really impressed like wow they that's a good choice no well, they do and this even every other a couple year, years yeah. ago uh back one with mm-hmm. morning phase yeah. and i don't even think that's his best album but it's a really interesting album and it's was it it beat out beyonce, beyonce and a bunch of other people and this year there's another chance for a you know lesser known artist who is very he was known by very few and critically adored to shake things up i mean one of these things is not like the other drake beyonce um adele justin bieber sturgill simpson Right. So, so, Sturgill, so this is your, this is the one that's not like the other. Yeah, this is my guy. For, for album of the year. Yeah. Right. He makes incredible country music. Um, stuff you do not hear on country radio. Like, they'll never play it. Right. Well, it's, it's weird. The Grammys are weird. I think we talked about this last year around this time, but it's like, and, and the Oscars, as Oscar fans, as we are probably more than the Grammys for movies, um, I think we have this conflict too, where we're like, do you nominate? You know, do you do you want to nominate movies that are popular? And you do because that they're not bad. I mean, you no, know, no, like Captain yeah. America: Civil War is not a poorly made movie, right? Right. And you, you know, it's this conflict between art and pop culture, and you know, even grandiose set pieces that that might be in a pop movie, but don't necessarily get. Uh, the love they do in the Oscars. So it's always this, and that's why they added the 10 films, right? (laughs) Just to kind of be like, hey, kids, come watch the Oscars because, you know, Dark Knight didn't win last (laughs) year, but but, but Dark Knight Rises could win or could be not, you know, I don't know. The reality is that the Grammys is like if freaking Office Christmas Party got nominated for Best Picture. That's what what it's like. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. But that being said, you do get the, I mean, you get Sturgill Simpson. I mean, look, Chance the Rapper, this whole shit is awesome, what's going on with him. Um, he's nominated for at least, I think, five Oscar, or five Grammys, maybe more. Um, it, it, is, it is really interesting. This is super interesting. Um, his album, Coloring Book, was released in May. Um, it's uh, got all these Grammys. It's up for all these Grammys. Chance is still not signed to a label. Not only that... Um, Coloring Book is a streaming only album. Wow. And this is the fir- I think this is the, the what I'm reading here is this is the first year that streaming only albums are eligible for Grammys. Hmm. And he's the only one to to, mm-hmm. to to get nominated, which is amazing for him. It's also just an amazing paradigm shift in like the way and we'll see if that paves the way for the Oscars too. To you know, what are we defining as a movie that's eligible for the Oscars? And mm-hmm. it doesn't right. does a Netflix movie have to be in theaters for a week? For it to get nominated, does an Amazon movie have to be in theaters? You yeah. think you're going to see? You think we're going to see that anytime soon? Or is or will streaming only movies I mean, at some point soon 
have a chance to be nominated. It's not like it's hard to pre- premiere a movie on top of streaming it. So I don't see why, you know, it only needs to show on like one screen, you know, and have a premiere with people to be eligible. So. Yeah, I understand. But, but, but physically distributing a movie is, is, is a whole different game. Um, and if you're an independent film and you've got something that you think is, is just as good as, you know, like rat, like chance does all other rap out there. Um, maybe you talk to YouTube and it's on YouTube red. And is that, could that be nominated for an Oscar? I think it's going to take a very, very long time for the Academy to warm up to that. Just because you can listen to music anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and that's what it's made for. That's what music is for. It's made to... You know, listen in the club. It's made to listen at home on your couch with headphones on. Made to listen on vital records. So there's not like a set right way to watch a movie, uh, to listen Let's to a song, it. or even get yourself a song. But I think with movies, I think they st- still want the idea of going to the theater and spending your money on the ticket, buying the popcorn. I think it's all kind of the it's theater an, chains. I think they're all event. like kind of in cahoots where they want to keep on making like money for each other. So I don't think they want to take all that added things for the ticket price away from people and just let people watch it and when they want. Do you think it's also a matter of exclusion? I mean, to be like, look, like like list like you just said about the problem with the Grammys is there's so much music out there. I mean, how do you even and, and really I think you could, we can end up seeing this in film at some point. How do you even narrow down the five best movies in a year when you know, more people are making movies and more mo- more good quality movies are being made and are available for everyone mm-hmm. to see. That's true. So I wonder if that right. if, if it's a motive for the academy to be like, well, the the narrower we have our qualifications, you know, the easier it's going to be to not start a ruckus. Now, I feel like with music though, um, a song doesn't have to pass through a lot of critics before it builds up. You know steam and Mm -hmm. is then like shown to more people whereas like a film usually has to be seen by a bunch of critics before anybody's even going to touch it Mm -hmm. um or through like watchful and and you know um what am i trying to say people who know what the fuck they're talking about it has to get like a elite certification almost. yeah yeah yeah, it's to be basically approved as a movie worth watching and that happens in festivals that happens in at premieres um yeah and otherwise why you know it's hard to just see like oh something's streaming you know they're advertising this but i haven't heard anything about it whereas mm-hmm. music you just sit down and listen to a song for three minutes you're <laughs> like okay I, i'm interested let yeah, me right. listen to more whereas you know a movie you really got to commit so yeah that's true that's yeah. why i don't think it will jump to streaming as fast as music will yeah it already I has i don't remember the last time i actually like read a music review like maybe I'll once in a while read like an album like review, but like a single review, like yeah. mm-hmm. let's listen to the review of the new so and so single. It's like quicker I, to listen to the yeah, song. I could, than, I could just fucking listen right. and decide for yeah. myself if I want to dance right. to it or like it or not. Right. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I don't need some professional telling me like right. how this music makes me feel. Yeah, I usually listen or read a album review after the fact. Yeah. Like after I've listened to it and I'm like, mm, I'm curious what other people yeah, think of that. Yeah, like maybe get some backstory on the creative process or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
We do have some. There are some movie uh, Grammys. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to talk about something else. But oh yeah, the the movie soundtracks. Yeah, uh, some of this is interesting to me. And again, this goes back to like last year. So some of these are old. Some of these are yeah. really old. Yeah. Uh, like straight out of Compton. Yeah. Are these soundtracks or scores? So so there's the best soundtrack for visual media is Amy Miles Ahead, which is the Miles Davis movie. Um, Straight Out of Compton, Suicide Squad, and Vinyl: The Essential Seasons. Essential Season One, sorry. Oh. So Vinyl: The HBO Show. Also TV in there too. Yeah, so it's just visual media, right? um, Which we'll get. Which I think is interesting too. They're not even like uh, doesn't. I think they used to split them. Maybe. Who knows? Anyways, or not (laughs) not include TV. Um, But uh, any of those, I think it's interesting that Suicide Squad is up for best compilation. I mean, it's like because they're songs we like i mean it didn't work well in the movie so i don't understand that to be yeah. honest with you the, yeah but would it work well as a physical cd is that what I mean, the, it's not like i don't know what the, it's yeah, not like best compilation to add to a to a company to another film. piece of art it's just you know yeah. if you bought the physical cd would it be a good physical <laughs> that's, CD? What it, that's what best collection of songs yeah, yeah. <laughs> um why isn't the nice guys in there God. hey yeah i don't know yeah that's a snub assholes uh, best score f- soundtrack for visual media: Bridge of Spies, Hateful Eight, Revenant, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and this is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Stranger Things Volume One and Stranger Things Volume Two, which I don't—I guess I don't know the distinction of that, but uh, it must be an album that was for they released half of the seasons, like, yeah, a week apart from each other. Okay, um, super. In- I think that's super interesting. Um, I might even I might even choose Stranger Things out of, out of all these, but uh, but which one? Yeah, I don't know. I would have to that's listen. I guess that's 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 why it's not going to win. Yeah. It splits votes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What did, what won score last year? The Oscars. Hateful Eight. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. He wasn't there to accept it though, was he? He, w- he was at the Oscars. Yeah. He, oh. was. he wasn't at any other awards. Yeah. Though. Cool. Um, best song written for visual media. Can't stop the feeling. Heathens, just like fire. Purple. I don't know what any of these are. Uh, it doesn't Does it say what movie. It doesn't say no, what movie. No. Uh, I could Heathens. Stop. Heathens by Twenty One Pilots. Just like fire. Pink. Purple Lamborghini. Skrillex. That's Suicide Squad. Yeah. Wasn't uh, uh, Can't Stop the Feeling. Trolls. Yeah. yeah. Try everything, which was from uh, Zootopia. That's Shakira. And oh. uh, the Veil by Peter Gabriel. Is that a movie called The Veil? I don't know. I have no idea. No, I know. I, I, I like that Shakira. I like the Zootopia one, yeah. Yeah. It was an okay song. Um, best instrumental composition, Bridge of Spies. This is like one. This is so interesting. It's like one, one. It's like one instrumental piece, I think, from a film. So Ed, Bridge of <laughs> the Spies. The clarinet player. So, Thomas, so t- no, Thomas Newman's Bridge of Spies end title. Um, the expensive train set. I don't know what. That is from a uh, Lionel Train. I don't know what any of these are from. And then there's a, there's <laughs> a one there's train one from Hateful Eight. <laughs> hmm. Um, I guess that's it for the movies. Yeah. Should we do a big three um, prediction album, song, and record? Um, yeah, I don't really have it. I don't have like a real. I could choose. I could tell you my favorite, I guess, but I can't tell you what I think would win. I don't have a. You know what I mean? Oh, I have a like this better win. <laughs> okay, album of the year: Twenty Five, Adele, Lemonade, Beyonce, Purpose, Justin Bieber, Views, Drake, <laughs> A Sailor's Guide to Earth, Sturgill Simpson. I obviously want Sturgill Simpson to win. 
I haven't listened to Sturgill Simpson. If I do, I'll probably pick Sturgill Simpson. For now, I got to say Lemonade. Yeah, Beyonce should win. Uh, record of the year. Hello by Adele. Formation by Beyonce. Seven years. Lucas Graham. Work by Rihanna. Stressed out. 21 Pilots. I fucking hate that song. I Hello hate, better win. I hate all these songs. I guess I'll go for Hello. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Hello better win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're talking about like a song that like can sum up that like year of music, I think that's a pretty good representation of one. So it's then, popular in in, in 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 a beautiful song and you know. So then song of the year, was that the next one? This, yeah, that's songwriting. So that's the other one you want me to do, right? Yes. Okay, formation. What about best new artist. We'll do that. Yeah, let's do that too. Formation, Beyonce, Hello, Adele. I took a pill in Ibiza, Michigan's own Mike Posner. Uh, love yourself, Justin Bieber, and seven years, Lucas Graham. I don't know that one. That's like I, I can sing it, but that's a really hard song to sing. Like once I was seven years old, Scoopy Doopy Doo. You'll be the baby song. What do you guys yeah, sing? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. Um, and then uh, hello, hello, but I, I know that one. I, yeah, uh, I I like uh, Beyonce for that one. But here's here's my thing. I I mean, no one needs. You, I don't need to tell you how much I love Beyonce. Then this one is like strictly for the songwriting. You even look how many songwriter uh, songwriters are on that formation song, as composed compared to yeah. Adele, Mike Posner. One. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, Mike, that's, Mike Posner that is a, he's a, he's leading with one. Yeah. Like like the uh, just like the album of the year. Like the people involved in the, the albums. You look at all of them, and then you look at Sturgill Simpson. It's like three mm. names. Yeah. So you look at every Drake song ever. There's like forty people that write it. Yeah. It's not even as good a good album by him. I don't. I don't like. I really hate Drake. Um, I met Mike Posner once. Him. He's a nice guy. I hope he wins. Um, I don't get Drake. Best new artist. Let's do that. That's it. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini. No idea. The Chainsmokers. Chance the Rapper. Yeah. Marin Morris. Anderson Pack. I don't know any of those besides Chance the Rapper. I mean, Chance is going to win. Three of them are country people, but Chance better win. Chance. Yeah. Better when I if yeah. Well, remember when Evanescence <laughs> beat out Fifty Cent? Uh, oh, I'm all for that. No, but that's awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, I love Evanescence. I mean, like I don't really know Evanescence, but like yeah. Fifty Cent was nominated for best song, best record, and best album that year. That, that is why was that Get Rich or Die Trying? Because that's a yeah. good album. That's yeah. like a really awesome album. Yeah, you'd think with all those nominations, he would have gotten best. New artist. Yeah. Get rich or die trying. When you look back on it, because you you know, because what has he done really since? You're like, kind of like, wow, I can't believe he. It's you know, it's like Dream On is to Aerosmith. You're like, how did they write that good of a song? Well, how did get how did Fifty Cent do Get Rich or Die Trying? Are you saying Janie's Got a Gun isn't as good as <laughs> <laughs> as Dream On? Look, I just I just I like I love Aerosmith. Like I you know, you know in a fun like classic rock way. I always listen to Dream On, and I'm like, man. How did these guys make I would this have, good of a song? I would have loved for Aerosmith to keep that song, you know, keep that sound with yeah, their, the, how they right. progressed. I hate the way they sound. Yeah. All I'm saying is that <laughs> David Bowie released an album this year, and it's nowhere in those top. No, oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, that's I, I an, totally it's an amazing agree. album. It's a really, it's good really, album. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is kind of a shramity. And just how it was released was was like so beautiful and creative and like such a great you know final stamp. Well, mm-hmm. there was a lot of 
It's about him dying. There's a lot, a lot of terrible deaths in 2016, but the appreciation for music died a long time ago, Colin. <laughs> um, let's really quick before we, before we get into our movie of the week. Uh, just quick, I, you know, we have nothing to say about this, but Spider-Man and Baywatch trailers come out tomorrow. So look for that while, while you listen to this podcast. They're going to be out. Spider-Man Homecoming, that's a pretty, pretty big deal. I didn't realize that was going to happen so quick. Um, I wonder if that's going to be attached to Star Wars next week. We'll see. Excited? Did you guys see the little teaser today with John Favreau's back? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we we're so one third of us is really excited for the new Spider Man trailer tomorrow. I've seen so, Spider Man so many times. Um, just, what if it's a lot of like that found footage? Like I was I think because this one is like he has a GoPro or something on him. Yeah. What, what if they go for something interesting? That would be as they say, choices. <laughs> I think it would be. I think that would be cool if, like, a lot of the movie was, because he's like, I'm a high school kid. So, selfie as my phone drops. Yeah. Um, no no case on it either. Be, be, yeah, it's my case shattered. I don't know. Well, at least it was the everything case about this and not phone. Your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why they have one. The case, but I didn't. It just like dissolved in my hand. It was very strange. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh. Uh, before we get to Arrival, I really want... I haven't even say that we were... I don't know if I said that we were reviewing Arrival, but we're reviewing Arrival. Oh, You'll yeah. know because the title of the podcast yeah. says Arrival. Anyways, uh, there was one special trailer that was that was played during halftime <laughs> on Monday Night Football on Monday. Uh, that was the trailer for Transformers 5, which is oh. Transformers The Last Night. We watched it before we recorded the podcast. Shot in Michigan. I worked on it, so I'm not going to really give my opinion but what, Checking. but what did you what did you guys think of the new Transformers the last night trailer voiceover by Anthony Hopkins yeah um, which is pretty cool. the last one I saw of these movies was the second one mm-hmm. uh, it was such a disappointing experience in the theater that um, I kind of told myself I didn't really care to see any of the other ones no offense I mean I know you worked hard on it that and everything. Is, yeah, no offense taken I'm here to be a, a, uh, an audio journalist yeah <laughs> that's generous uh, <laughs> 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 no uh, I it, uh, it doesn't do anything for me um, I was interested to see Optimus Prime be evil at the end. That was like, Ooh, yeah, what? what the hell? Is he brainwashed or reprogrammed or Dude, something? The, the or internet's blowing up about him potentially fighting Bumblebee. You yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Bumblebee's not even close to the size of, of Optimus Prime. What's he going to do? I just... You should just turn in the Camaro and drive off. Yeah. <laughs> just drive away. You know, Anthony Hopkins has this line in the trailer. He's like, there's a billion, thousand, million, trillion planets in the <laughs> planets, galaxy. And, and he says, "Why you want to know why they keep coming back here. And this gonna be, I'm sure there's going to be a cool answer for that question in the movie. A, but glowing, my answer, a glowing MacGuffin? My answer would, my answer would be, because <laughs> we have the coolest goddamn cars in the universe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right here in the Motor City. <laughs> Colin? Yeah, I mean... I watch all of these trailers and I I, I, I like Mitch. I, I, I saw one and two and then I stopped. I watch all these trailers and I mean the trailers I think look cool. I mean they look like great action. I mean Michael Bay has like pretty cool action sequences. Like are they like cohesive to the whatever else is going on in the movie? Absolutely not. So like judging by the trailer it looks interesting. It looks like there's some really cool action set pieces in it. A lot of city destruction which you know I am <laughs> kind of fatigued silver over. dome yeah <laughs> yeah how about that silver dome the pontiac silver dome makes an appearance I in this trailer well it's 
glory. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. cool though. It, it is, yeah. it, you know, that thing. Uh, in, in case you're listening and you're not from Detroit, that's actually how the Silver Dome looks. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, so the, the roof, the the air roof, it was yeah. a, it was actually an inflated roof, which they mm-hmm. don't make anymore. But yeah. it, it, I think the Metrodome in Minneapolis was the last one to be in front. Compressed air. I remember going yeah. through those doors and being like, yeah. Like, so <laughs> that roof collapsed a few years ago, and right. there, you can see pieces of it in the trailer just laying around. That's how it looks. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool though. They took, yeah, like you said, the set decorators took the day off. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I wanted to ask you on the heels of the super, the Silverdome uh, making its appearance in, in uh, the Transformers Last Night trailer. Is there what one Michigan location you think would be awesome to be featured in a movie? Do not say Apple Island, Colin. <laughs> unless they make unless they make a movie about uh, Cadillac and uh, Indian tribe that he was after. Yeah. That's Apple Island. They, uh, you know of, what Apple Island is? Yeah, in Orchard Lake. That's funny. Oh. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know anyone outside of West Bloomfield knew. Yeah, what that Apple was. Island was like. Um, yeah, we, we we took a tour there. We oh, were in second yeah. grade. Oh yeah, probably together. We did. Well, it was used as like a stronghold by like retreating uh, Native Americans, wasn't it? Or was that retreating Cadillacs forces? Yeah, it was remember. Native Americans. I thought that's where Chief Pontiac. Was. That was it. Yeah, he did. Some, he did some stuff over there. Cadillac Barry? Pontiac. You know, where do you, where do you think we got the names from, yeah. guys? <laughs> Anyways, uh, besides Apple Island, where would you want to uh, You know, Mitch is making a great point, I think, for Apple Island. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of want to see that. I'm changing my answer. <laughs> Mitch is like, I happen to have a script right here. For, <laughs> I've always wanted to do the Apple Island movie. It's Cadillac v. Pontiac, oh. Dawn of Apples. <laughs> here it is. Uh, I was going to say... Um, the pictured rocks as seen in Kid Rock's Born Free music video. <laughs> is that what Picture Rocks is known for? Come on. I was up in picture uh, near Picture Rocks in northern Michigan uh, by like Munising. And there was a billboard on the side of one of the highway, like uh, country highways or whatever, uh, that said, visit pictured rocks as seen in Kid uh, Rock's uh, Born uh, Free uh, video. And there was a pure Michigan endorsement on it yeah pictured racks okay oh, that's a good one but it's beautiful i mean it would be really cool to see exploited by uh Kid Rock. Rock. Colin? I, I was gonna say you know anywhere like the the up like the yeah, U- yeah. Sure. The is good. but since much said that i'm actually gonna go um, i think uh mackinac island would be really cool to do like some hotel there's a movie yeah somewhere oh, is have there? you ever seen somewhere in time do you know this yeah. story no somewhere in time with christopher reeves is a mm-hmm. 1979 movie i think i think it came out after superman um about it's a weird time travel kind of fantasy movie, and it takes place. Love, love story. Yeah, it's a love story. It takes place on the grand at the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island. It's the only time a car has has driven on Mackinac Island because oh. they had to for an establishing shot of the of the, of the hotel. Yeah, cars drove by. Well, yeah, yeah. Since they first banned them. Yeah, it was, it was you know. The 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 I was there this summer and I there went through one of the tours of or museums. The first guy who like brought the car over, they were like, "We shouldn't have the cars." The town was like, "We shouldn't have the cars because the horses are gonna get spooked." <laughs> and like he was like, "Ah, fuck it!" And he just like drove really fast down that main street, and what? like horses freaked out and like destroyed a bunch of property, oh. and one of them died. Oh. <laughs> it's like, all right, no more cars. That's like the horse equivalent of like 
a 50 car pile the up. village or something like they've, <laughs> they, they've never seen technology before they're like, what we could get a lot of oat a lot quicker <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Our jobs. you they guys have one turn. of these around here and you're still making us do shit yeah. how they, many horsepower is that yeah. they took our jobs <laughs> <laughs> um I, I was yeah, also. I just. I think all of the UP is like people oh, should yeah. film up there. I mean, logistically, it's kind of a pain in the dick because there's a lot of reasons. There's not a cell phone like service a, is one huge one of them. Yeah, but, there's not um, a like an urban hub to no, station really. in. Um, Marquette's nice though, mm-hmm. uh, but I would also even the Sleeping Bear Dunes is like you could use that for. I mean, it looks like the goddamn Sahara. Not mm-hmm. even really, but it's what it looks the cinematic equivalent. Like it's what people think a desert is is what the Sleeping Bear Dunes looks like. Um, and I always it could be used for anything. <laughs> when you look in this small little window. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's what that's what that's called a camera. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I was also going to say, uh, like, the Two-Hearted River and stuff. If they ever made a movie about... Who's that? Well, it, it's in the UP. Like, okay. Tequemenon Falls oh, and yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 um, That it, shit's beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, that's where, like, Ernest Hemingway spent most yeah. of his, like, 20s and Fair. 30s. Mm. After the war. So. Um, also, I just bought it because it's the Silver Dome. Do you guys remember... you ever seen the music video Beautiful by Eminem? He like filmed himself rapping while they were demolishing Tiger Stadium behind him. It's oh, I really, remember. Really, really interesting. Wow. Actually, you should check it out. Um, all right, enough about uh, anything other than Arrival. Let's talk about Arrival. Okay, <laughs> we've arrived. <laughs> we've arrived. Um, this is uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who we who directed Sicario. So I like I like this. This is fun when we get because we reviewed Sicario last year and we kind of get to see directors move on from project to project. And we are going to see probably I don't know if that's next year, but the new Blade Runner movie is coming out soon. They're, I think they're mm-hmm. done shooting that, um, which he is also directing. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an alien movie with Amy Adams, uh, Forrest Whitaker, and Jeremy Renner, um, and some aliens. Now, you guys, when did you guys see this? Oh, like a month and a half ago. Oh, not that long ago. Yeah, like two to three weeks ago. It's fresh in your mind. Yeah, I may wrote down a lot. So okay, good because I think this is this is a film I saw. Actually, I saw I saw Arrival uh, Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. I uh, I went to uh, East Lansing with Liz and saw U of M play Michigan State. Oh, that's right. I saw Arrival. That's not funny. Oh, okay. Um, this is. I think you need a better. Uh, no, real talk. I saw <laughs> I saw this better. Monday. Rewrite it. I want to hear that. Later. Arrival. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, you know, like if in like a sports rival. Saw rival. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the movie that I'm I actually done, I actually did see. I did see Monday, uh, and uh, because a lot of people have been a lot of people on the internet, social media has been going kind of crazy about this movie. Like, well, we got to talk. You know that that headline. We got to talk about Arrival, and so uh, we're here to discuss it, uh, guys. Let's just go around. Um, Colin, what were your? You saw this election week. I did. Yeah, um, I saw this. I think two days after the election. And what were your what were your thoughts? I mean, I, th- I feel like that's a different perspective. Just like when I saw Moonlight after the election, you yeah, know, yeah, little heightened emotions. Um, yeah. So like I, like I, I I like I mentioned in the Moonlight um, podcast, if you listen to it, um, I saw it the week of the election. So my emotions were definitely you know a little up and down. Um, and I think we can get in a little bit later about yeah. how, how maybe this movie and that 
uh, event correlated with each other. But um, this was a stunning movie. I mean, this shattered any expectation of how I thought this movie was going to play out, how I thought it was going to be, what it was going to be about. I, I, I was expecting, you know, an, an almost like a, um action-y type of, of movie given the marketing campaign behind it, but this was just straight up drama that just happened to have aliens in it. Had some really amazing themes of, you know, communication and how we... Uh, talk to each other and um, it's visually beautiful I mean this is this is a, a, a really impressive um, impressive movie that's has you can tell it has a director that knows what they're doing um, and is very confident in what they're doing um, I, I, I just love this movie I can't wait to talk about it more uh, Mitch what were your first thoughts um you know, Denis Villeneuve is uh, up and coming as, I think, one of the best directors oh, out yeah. there right now. Uh, yeah. He did Prisoners, Enemy, which I haven't seen yet, but I want to, um, with Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, he also did Sicario. It's kind of the same thing I felt with Sicario. I went in expecting one thing and came away way more impressed. It was like a lot smarter than I was expecting it to be. So I don't know why I went into Sicario thinking it was going to be less smart or less like... Um, I don't want to say mind-blowing, but, like, there was a lot of things in this movie that made me, I'm still thinking about, and that's why I'm looking forward to this talk, um, you know, that just hit me a certain way. I also saw it after the election, and it gave me uh, a, a sense of optimism. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I love this movie. Uh, again, it's one of those things you can't stop thinking about. I kind of felt like I was, I've been having dreams about it as well. Um, love the look, love the feel, love how intimate it felt. We can talk about that a little more for an alien movie, especially. Um, it, obviously, I think there's no way you, you can't compare this to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It seems like that it's more in that type of alien movie than it is Independence Day. I mean, it's not a, it's not a, a horror or, or alien. You know, it's not a horror alien movie. It's a psychological philosophical movie about you know what would and i think what i was most impressed too is what would actually happen <laughs> you know like if, if, if this if, seems like the most accurate depiction of yeah what like, like how would happen? this go down if aliens plopped themselves all over the world and didn't you know come out of their shell almost mm -hmm. literally um so i i don't know there's just, i can't say more without really getting into it but i was just extremely impressed uh with this film Talk first about the director, Denis Villeneuve, because you've seen, pa uh, not Passengers, Prisoners. I've seen Prisoners. Have you? you have um, I saw it a long time ago. I have the screener, so I'm going to rewatch it. I meant to rewatch it before we uh, did this recording, but I never got around to it. That's a hard one to watch. Yeah, and so, I think that's another reason why I'm so, slow I mean, so Colin, to rewatching it. Colin, I want to ask yeah, you that. I I mean, does this seem like, between Prisoners... Sicario in this movie does it seem like a consistency in terms of of uh, for first of all look and feel but then what about content I mean is it um, do you feel like the, I guess it is, is arrival a departure for him to do something kind of spacey and scientific -y? no no I don't I don't I don't think so <laughs> that was not intent that was funnier than the joke I intended yeah arrival being a departure no I I, I don't think so because I mean. All of his movies um, 
are dealing with situations um, that are of the human level, I would say. You know, I mean, even with aliens, you know, it's a very human movie and it's more about humans than it is about the aliens. Right, right. Um, prisoners is a lot about um, how we as humans can handle grief and stress and um, pain. And then Sicario, I mean, kind of a, a lot of same a lot of the same themes as prisoners maybe even oh. um so I, as far as 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 content wise it, it completely made 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 sense made for me sense to, okay for i wasn't i wasn't thrown off or anything um about the look and the his, feel i mean i felt this i thought this felt a little like the tension i mean i don't know this isn't a visual feel but the the tension created in this movie i think through editing mm-hmm. felt very like very much like sicario mm-hmm. Um, it felt a lot like 2001 too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I did feel that the look visually, though, was a was a departure from. I, I, not, <laughs> I, I mean, just saying, it, like it, it felt so fresh. It felt like it looked like something. I, 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 something again, I different. Wanna, I want to yeah. risk from saying I've never seen before ever, but it just and I yeah. hard to pinpoint. Maybe it's the simplicity. Did you? Did you I mean. Compared to other alien movies, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it. It it looked real. I mean it looked not not real as in like you know a gritty, um, like grit like gritty shot or anything, but like it looked like you know, like it would like this would, would how it would be happening. Yeah, surprisingly grounded, and it's like um, the the way it like the way the spaceships were shot, um, very imposing and like frightening. That shot of like the massive um like helicopter shot like coming in with the, that fog coming over the mountains yeah. and the the thing just sitting there was incredible um that that was an awesome shot and that, like not much goes on in that shot it's just a really slow the music helps a lot the mm-hmm. music is incredible um he did sicario too right uh that i just loved you know the way this director shoots things the way he sets um the tone and like builds tension with just visuals and music and editing so much well the reveal i mean i felt the same way in sicario the reveal is so slow but organic i mean the way that you're immersed into this reality of of, oh my god aliens have landed um which is brilliant. I mean, you, and he doesn't, you know, it's, it's not showing too much too soon and it's leaving things up to imagination and, uh, wonder, uh, just every, every way he kind of, you follow Amy Adams uh, her own reveal to this world. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, love the scene. I mean, this sort of like, uh, the, the scene where she's teaching and everyone's cell phones start going off. I mean, I love scenes like that, the way that, communication gets to us mm-hmm. and stories get to us quickly and the yeah. severity of them I mean, you know you're not people aren't texting people are calling and being like you need to come outside and see mm-hmm. what's going on here and when she walks outside and the jet planes are going by it's that scared me scary yeah yeah and real i mean that's yeah. that's legit yeah i mean going off of what you said there i mean his shots i in on all three movies and and this this would i think be the movie that could lend its way to a different style of, of of shots that he would do, but um, it all just feels so 
uh, he puts everything in the screen that you need to see. It's so deliberate, but it's never flashy. Uh, yeah. Never like drawing your attention to things. It's just so, you know, it's so happened. The camera caught this event as this was happening. It's, it, it's so smart. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that you don't really see a lot. You know, I've, I've been, you know, what somebody I, I read compared him to Christopher Nolan, but like in the way he shoots stuff. But I think that Villeneuve is, Dare, dare I say a smarter filmmaker, a more um, subdued filmmaker? Like he doesn't need to like, you know, blow your mind with visuals and stuff in order to get the same message across. Mm-hmm. This movie, with its um, ideas and I guess you know, kind of twist at the end, yeah. was something way more uh, mind blowing than I thought. Uh, like Interstellar or yeah. or um, even Inception was. Well, it's so interesting. I, I actually, wow, my first, like, I kind of like, I felt like I fist pumped it into the air after I saw this movie. But I was like, <laughs> I, they did what I think Interstellar was trying to do, but so much more smart right. and mm-hmm. grounded yeah. and right. real. It's like it took the best parts of Contact and like the most interesting ideas of Interstellar yeah. and put them yeah. together. To make a like more grounded, smarter film. Yeah. yeah, and and you know part of that is even we're talking about like like groundedness, so to mm-hmm. speak. But like, you know, you notice it says the design, costumes, props, everything. You, you notice like they aren't like dressed in like the coolest, flashiest space suit in the world. They're literally wearing like these like tarpy looking what you hazmat would wear suits. in a hazmat suit, like a real thing mm-hmm. they're going up into a spaceship on a scissor lift i mean that is like that's what would go down they're not going to come and, and get some new awesome piece of space <laughs> technology from that you know yeah, right. like we just need to raise you i mean there's just certain little things like that and everything's lit up by whacker lights and tents and it just seems like that's how a military situation would go down not crazy over the top hollywood cinema mm-hmm. um, i really appreciated that um, I also love the way he shot going into that um, spaceship. Oh, really How cool. disorienting it was, yeah, it was especially yeah. with the way the gravity changes. Which would be, I'm just like trying to imagine what that would feel like, jumping up and then landing, right. you know, like, like on, on a wall feet, with your side, feet on yeah. a wall, and then it's shot upside down at that one point when they approach. It's like very dis- disorienting very yeah. confusing i think i would immediately vomit yeah i would probably <laughs> I'd say, I'd throw up. whoopsie daisy <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it's all in the suit <laughs> so d- design aliens all this stuff. well do, you know would you do you want do you want to talk more about do you want before i guess because the the <clears throat> philosophy of this movie is going to be a big chunk of this but yeah I guess I can say. we should be talking about performance before we do that. Yes, I, I was going to say. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, there's really three main actors in this movie. And that's basically it. Which is another thing. This movie feels small, and I love it. It's not too much. And it's a, and apparently, what is this? It says it's a. I mean, this is IMDb. These numbers are never really right, but it's close. It says it's a forty-seven million dollar movie, which for a space movie, that is. I mean, if I'm a studio exec. <laughs> exactly I'm like that is yes, yes amazing yes more of this mm-hmm. I mean it, it made it made uh, over 100 so far million, it's right? made, yeah so kudos to them and, and it's just a lesson on being intimate so there's only three there's only three main <laughs> actors in this role Forrest Whitaker Jeremy Renner and uh, Amy Adams who is your what, I mean we can just talk about all of them because it's a small movie what, Colin what did you think of the performances um, I, I, I 
first and foremost, I think Amy Adams may deliver the, her best performance I've seen her in in this movie. It is very smart, very telling, and I, I, I've always thought she's she's really good with her eyes. But in this one, particularly, you just get everything from just looking at her. Um, it's not, you know, a flashy role. It's not a, a glamorous role, um, but she. She plays it so so smart and so calculated and so feels so real and natural. I um, this is my fa- I think my favorite Amy Adams performance um, I've seen her I've seen her in. Yeah, um, I, probably for me too. Um, I don't. Maybe I need to rewatch it because I wasn't terribly impressed by her. Maybe I just didn't her the way she, her acting came across to me it just didn't hit me the same way as everyone else seems to think Mm -hmm. so i just thought she was okay in fact i was more i liked i know this is weird but i liked jeremy renner's performance a lot because it it seemed natural and subdued in a way i Um, i felt with her that i i just i was impressed about how like i felt her exhaustion um and her brain kind of running all the time uh and it seemed like you mean talk about. I agree with you with Jeremy Renner it was seeming like a like a natural, like he wasn't really acting. Um, I thought with Louise, Amy's character too, that it felt it just felt like yeah, that's. I kind of I I got lost. I wasn't thinking about Amy Adams halfway through the movie. I was originally at first, of course, you always do. But I think her good performance is like oh, that's she's a professor of language. Like I bought into that really well, uh, okay. personally. Yeah, I, I did too. Mm-hmm. I thought she she did a good job of like. And you can bullshit because I don't know shit about etymology or language or whatever you want to call it, but um, uh, she's she sold it to me. Right? So she seems like a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys think of? Uh, what did you think of the alien look while we're on performances? Because they didn't it was, talk. I it mean, was pretty spooky. I don't know the the way they are first introduced. Like really creeped me out like the music and everything i was really uneasy when they like that fog like dark fog rolls in and like they come swimming down it was a little it it made me uh creeped out like i was really uneasy about it but i liked it (laughs) and then we're it's revealed that they're much larger than that you know (laughs) so yeah uh it was interesting you know i when they were on screen, I was like, "Where?" Like, it's such an interesting concept for for an alien design, too. It's like, yeah. what, what the fuck am I looking at? It's like a squid, right. almost, uh, mm-hmm. which you know kind of makes sense with how their language is is given out. But um, I it, it was really interesting, really creepy, really. I I like their movement. I like um, yeah, that whole reveal scene was just so so good. Um. It's interesting. It's an interesting design. Did you expect them to be like hands? Like, like there was actually one, one massive. Like the spaceship was dude. one guy, and he's just playing with his hands. <laughs> no, that's pretty funny. Though. I kind of did. Um, <laughs> no, I, I liked it. it. Was cool. I mean, you know, I think I think it's almost a given nowadays that if you're gonna do a movie like this, they're not gonna be humanoid-looking creatures. They gotta be something fresh and new. And I think they did a good. They did a good job of it. Right. Um, um, where was I going with this? Let's. So this movie is about language, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, 
pretty interesting concept. The, the idea that Louise Banks, uh, she's a professor of language. They get her to come so that she can communicate and translate the, the, this written language of the, the heptopods. Um, seems like, does that seem like an obvious idea for an alien movie? I mean, no. And, and I don't maybe, do you think this was how it would go down too? I guess it, it probably would if they could, if they knew that the aliens were talking, right? They probably would get a language person around, right? Yeah, try. Um, you gotta try. Close Encounters is about music, right? That was the idea that music is the universal language and that uh, we could communicate with aliens by playing music, which is interesting. Uh, works out a little... I don't, I don't know. That's a weird movie. But um, what did you... I mean, let's, let's talk about the, the themes of this movie, which are language, communication... Uh, I, I think globalization is a, is a theme in this movie or at least global mm-hmm. connectivity. Um, Humanity in general. Yeah. Um, what was the most surprising? There's a twist at the end of the movie and we'll get to that, but uh, with the themes and the philosophies of this film, Colin, what surprised you the most? Did anything, did you see it coming the way that it unfolded? No, I didn't, I didn't think at all this is, you know, an hour and a half into it that and have this shift into like oh what this movie is trying to say and I, I did not see that coming at all I mean and there's another twist that happens after this but to me the, the real twist was what this was figuring out what this movie was um, was trying about to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah what, what yeah. was that what was your conclusion there? that I mean the the importance of talking to each other and listening to each other and not jumping to conclusions and not fearing the worst. Um, all, all, all that was saying, and the, the scene that struck me the most when is, this is when I actually started getting teary eyed and then um, brought it back to the elections when, so I forget what country started, but then they all started turning off their, yeah, right. their receivers from all the countries all over. Yeah. Cause the the um the chinese the hep, they're called heptopods um the heptopods were talking to the chinese about a weapon like you have the weapon and then it said there is no time which comes way back you know to like what they were actually trying to say in the right the right translation of what that means and the chinese go black because they're afraid that they're going to use a weapon on them and then everybody starts going black instead of communicating yeah which was like a real shitty like oh fuck like but i i felt like it was so like that i'm like yep that would that would happen <laughs> um so when i when all those things start just going off you just realize like oh shit like <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just not, this is what humans do it's you know we fear something and we shut off to it instead of actually having a dialogue about something um so when when that when that scene happened and that that's this kind of idea started coming up in the movie it, it just took me by such surprise because i did not see that coming in this movie at all and maybe i should have with it being a movie about language and communicating i didn't know it was and, may, and maybe the election had something to do with this maybe you know that was even just struck a, a bigger chord with me with it, you know, the importance of talking and listening and responding properly. 
Um, I, it's also like, I mean, obviously that's, that's a huge, there's a huge real, real world issue of we don't communicate as, as a world, we don't communicate as people, we don't communicate within our own country. We don't work together. We don't work together. Mm-hmm. But there's also like, you know, you t- we talked about earlier about how, um, you know, this movie feels real. How, they, they try to say, how would this actually go down if, if aliens popped up all over the planet and each country had to deal with it and then the countries had to work together? There's a funny kind of not, you know, it's almost like the movie is challenging being like, hey, maybe we should like, we should all get to a together right now and plan what would happen. You know what I mean? We should, <laughs> yeah. Let's get it. Let's get a global committee together just in case aliens come because part of the problem we have is, a global committee. That, well, that doesn't do shit. Um, <laughs> so it makes you think this one. I mean, do specifically <laughs> for alien uh, right, encounters, gotcha. because you know that what they're saying is in this movie is that look, part of the problem is we all speak different languages and you know, I don't think it's to say we all need to be the same. That's not, it, that's not the, it'd be cool if we all spoke one language well again what are you get would it or that's you know is that mm-hmm. assimilation there's a lot of i don't know i mean of course we don't all want to be the same that's what's right. great about the world is that we're all different but the idea like log- like literally logistically politically if a, if another species came from another planet and they all spoke one language and they all were, were unified we would be weaker i oh, guess is the point of this movie yeah. right in yeah. a in a not philosophical way, but if this went down, yeah. we'd kind of be fucked. That's why I love the second act of this movie when everyone's working together and there's that like montage in the middle. Yeah. I I love that part, the part with the where Jeremy Renner's like talking about like the progress they've made because a month or two or something goes by, right? Where, yeah. After that this moment, is a good period of time. Yeah. yeah, I yeah I I loved that, like how we were all working together to understand their language and there was like part where he's like we can thank our Pakistan like Pakistani friends for that right, you know for right. figuring out this about the the creatures and um it was that's why I say it was op, you know it made me feel optimistic because it's like well, see, that's why I when like, faced with a problem humanity gets together and figures it out right but see but like I, that's, that's why I'm interested in your optimism because the film doesn't really end that way like the film doesn't end with humanity coming together and figuring out the problem it really is just the twist at the end of the movie, which is a personal narrative twist. It's not a film. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it made the movie interesting. It didn't really change the philosophy of the movie. But this whole twist at the end where she speaks their language, the language is a tool, the language is time, right? Is that... that this, yeah, the, understanding their language allows you to perceive time differently. Right. But I'm just saying, like, the, correct me if I'm wrong, like, the movie doesn't end with, like... Like, she saves the day. It's a singular hero, right? Yeah, but they go into the future, remember? And they show, um, they're like, all the flags are united under the one flag of the circle. That's true. She's considered, like, the person who brought everyone together. Everyone speak can now speak that language, and mm-hmm. we all work together to learn something from this, and we've now, we're now using this language to talk to each other and to understand you know our yeah. future and how to solve problems and that was what i found so interesting is like these aliens they already know what's going to happen so like there was no threat whatsoever they already know what's going to happen so because they can see i don't know how to describe it except like time is sick like cyclical you figured matthew mcconaughey's in this well it's like their <laughs> language it's like their language it's, yeah it's, it's their language yeah. their circles there's a lot of circular um metaphors in it but Every once in a while, you'll just remember something that happens in the future. That's what starts happening to Amy Adams. Right. Like 
she starts remembering things that she said to someone in the future in order to solve this current problem and that's where it's like holy shit like you know everything and all the time and that was that's hard to get wrap your head around really I mean I I I like that this movie ended that way and it ended you know with that more you you know anything but it, it still didn't make me feel hopeful because yeah. I um know that this um, will not happen. <laughs> Aliens won't not come down <laughs> to this planet <laughs> in anytime soon. I don't think. <laughs> hey, that's what, that's what Amy Adams thought at the beginning yeah, of this movie. But um, so so to me, it, it I, I well, I like I like that as I see it in in this particular story. That's what's happening. But the real life implications of yeah the movie more struck to me with the fact that we are so isolated from each other right. and so you don't know, numb to contact with each other that we don't communicate with each other. You're, you're, you're pessimistic because the movie was a lot, probably a lot more relevant than the filmmakers thought it was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah of and course. I, and I think it's so, I actually, I'm, maybe I'm reading way too, I'm taking high school English uh, cues right now, reading way too, way too far into these things, but between Fantastic Beasts and Moonlight and this movie, which are all films about like, look, if you, I mean, if you put up walls, like you're going to have a negative effect on your life. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that we happen to watch these movies. These movies happen to come out in the fall. We happen to be talking about this sort of stuff and political uh, talk, um, so that's why I'm. That's why I found it also pessimistic a little bit. But, but Mitch, I understand the movie. I guess I I didn't really. I forget about the United kind of. You know, like the the the, the worthwhile United Nations they create mm-hmm. or something at the end of the movie. Um, seems like a, an, a, an uplifting message, of hope. I thought so. What did you guys think of this twist? The twist. Well, what do you think? If, what, in a sentence, Mitch, what's the twist in this movie? Uh, the twist is that by um, by understanding their language, you are able to basically see events in the future, in the present, uh, like constantly. Like you are, you're like you know how you have a daydream where you have like deja vu. Like the deja vu is something that actually happened to you. There's a moment where she's basically sent for by the aliens, I and mean, she gets in that little that pod and is sent up and she's talking directly to them and can understand them and at a certain point she says who's this girl right and like throughout this entire movie we are led to believe that amy adams had had a daughter okay, she right. had died of cancer and she um it really affected her life and her husband is no longer they're no longer married because of this uh or before that but don't find out why and it turns out like that all the events of the movie led to those things but she is seeing these these instances in her future that are reminding her of how to answer and solve certain problems like the thing with her daughter asking what's a word for what what was it like her daughter says like what's a word for so-and-so like a disagreement Uh, he's trying to think and there's like something about science and he's like ask your you know your father would know or whatever and 
then it comes to her and she remembers it while she's trying to figure out the problem with the heptopods and the communication issue with them. So something that hasn't happened yet, she remembered as if it had happened. Right. So, I mean, I would, for me, the, the, tw- I mean, I watch, basically you watch the whole movie, you watch Amy's Adams character thinking she already had, she already had a daughter who died. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. And like, that's a crazy twist. That's a, as a narrative twist. Like that's, that's crazy because it, it, for me, my biggest reaction to that was, wow, because you have, you, you as a filmmaker, they have messed with us to mm-hmm. see Amy Adams in one way, that whole movie. And I was thinking, I'm watching this character as if she had already had a daughter who died. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. And they did that and they twisted it at the end. And then, you know, the, the ultimate twist is that everything's continuous and that it did kind of already happen, all that shit. But it was like from a from like a script writing point of view, is like <clears throat> fuck, that was genius. Yeah, you really and, threw that and, on its head, and you it know? and it made me so much more sympathetic for that character the whole movie. It was right. just crazy. I mean, did, did you have a were you like blown away by that or? Yeah, um, I, I I was, and I mean, there were a few a few faults to me in in, in the movie. And one of one of them was how this kind of got landed upon it the, at the at the end there's a kind of a few little do ex machina i think that that they were like oh they can yeah of course sometimes. right um right. but um so, so how how we got to that realization um i don't think was not my favorite way it was handled but the how what the implication and what it was and what the twist was I, I loved and I loved just what it was saying. Just, you know, even if you know um, your future and you know your future is painful, you also know that it's beautiful. Right. That's so. another theme. So mm-hmm. She knows yeah. that by giving birth to her daughter, she's going to die at an early age. Yeah. And she chooses to make that. She chooses anyways, to do that anyway. Without telling Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And then when she. Messed up, but. And then she ends up, from what I understand, ends, ends up, up telling, telling him and that's, him, why, and they, that's why they get, they get a divorce. divorce right. Now. I love that idea and everything. Yeah. I thought that like the lines of dialogue to introduce that part when like <clears throat> they're, they start dating and then it's like obviously clear that Jeremy, they marry, you know, like, Oh, okay. I get it. And then they get together and there's like weird shots of that, like her drunk, like dancing and like, you know, feeling hot and heavy with Jeremy Renner. And then <laughs> she's like, what does she say? She's, or he says, you want to make a baby? He's like, this is weird. Like, that, that was you really weird. Sick. That like, was what the weird. hell? Like, that kind of threw me out of it. I was like, no, I yeah, that, that was romantic. weird. It was romantic. It was romantic. But it was also like, it's also cheesebally kind of like. Yeah, but I couldn't tell like the time difference. What are you, Barry like, White How long now? has this been? You, you know, want to make a baby? Right, how long You want to make been? an Amy baby? No. <laughs> Don't baby. ever do that. Like, okay. Baby. Yeah, you want to make a baby, night? baby, <laughs> baby, maybe. <laughs> oh, now because I'm not Jerry Redder, it's it's weird. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very weird. Um, but yeah, that's pretty fucked up. I, I thought about that. Like, she chose to do that, even though yeah. she knew. Which all, hey. which also made the like the whole, you know, what teenage raising a teenage daughter like when she's like I hate you or whatever. It's like ugh. It'd be rough to hear and knowing like what's going to happen to her and like um. <laughs> yeah i mean it also you know 
it probably influenced how she would parent, how she would handle certain situations. And uh. <laughs> Get out there. Do some heroin. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no curfew. Doesn't no matter. curfew. Live it up, girl. You only live once. Um, Why are you? Yeah, you only live once till hey. 15. Um, what do you guys think for Oscars for this movie? Oh, tons. Tons? Tons of nominations. Tons, oh, tons of nominations. Absolutely. I don't see tons. I see a good amount, like four maybe, four or five. Oh. Yeah, I see Best Picture. I see Score. I see Best Adapted Screenplay. And I see... It's based off a short story. Yeah. Um, I see maybe visual effects. I don't know. Um, And maybe uh, editing. Editing, cinematography. I would love to see director. I mean, I think it's definitely worthy of it. I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen Sound? for it. The Academy Award does not like sci-fi, like this kind of sci-fi. Yeah, they they just never. For this, you know, for those, yeah, maybe. they never reward sci-fi. If there was a sci-fi picture to do it, though, it would I, be this straight-up drama that just happens to have yeah. aliens in it. I totally agree, but I still don't have I don't that know, much I mean, faith you know, in X, the Academy X Awards. Machina last year getting some love over Star Wars and stuff like that. Yeah, and that was, but that's visual effects. I, mean, I know, but even I'm just I'm thinking of the technical. I mean, usually those will go they go to bigger movies. You know, things that are more loud. It's possible. It's definitely possible. I think it will be nominated for a few, quite a few. But I don't know if it's going to take them home. Yeah, I don't think it will take any home. I think it's going to be nominated for a lot, though. A lot. Not supporting actor because Ben Mendelsohn is going to get a nomination for Rogue One. Um, I am interesting. I am excited for uh, to see where this will go in the Oscar race. Recommend, recommended, recommended, everyone. Yes, completely. Any any final thoughts? See it in the big theater. See it in a theater if you can. Oh, for sure. I would. If I out of all the movies I've seen in the last couple months, this is the movie you should go see right now. Even over Moonlight, and I like I like Moonlight a lot. But like like you're saying. This is I. You should see this in the theater. Yeah, the size of yeah. everything and is, yeah, yeah. Um, Other thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Maybe my, my, definitely my top five of the Me year. Too. Maybe my maybe my top three even. Um, it, it it's it's great and I I'm I'm going to see it again. Um, so I'm very excited to do that. Nice. Just because it's been a. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and having this discussion, I was like, "Oh yeah, I want to go see this again." <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to see. It. I do want to see it again. I mean, this mm-hmm. is gonna be a, kind of a busy couple of weeks coming up. Um, still want to see Jackie, uh, La La Land, and Star Wars come out next week. Um, I'm. I know I'm seeing La La Land with my parents, nice. having a dinner and a movie sort oh, wow. of thing with my sister and stuff. So it'll be fun. I just saw Manchester by the Sea as well. And just saw Man- I went to see that as well. Uh-huh. I hear. Mo- I, got, I hear Moana is really good. I want to see Moana. There's you know a million movies out there. Uh, speaking <laughs> of a million movies on the uh, in the world, let's do some recommendations <clears throat> to finish up the show. Uh, to keep in theme with this, I may have already recommended this. I probably did, but I'm recommending Contact. Is that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. The nice. Robert Zemeckis, uh, Jodie Foster Alien Contact movie, which uh, I love. Jake Busey. I worship. It's great. I'm okay to go. Who else is in that? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey, right, right. Angela Bassett. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Angela Bassett last Why episode. Why did we talk about Angela Bassett? Uh, it's the actress for the Britney Spears episode. Or show. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Was <laughs> you were like, does the name Bassett ring any bells? I'm like, Angela? <laughs> um is that you get, you get yeah oh yeah, yeah, contact, you get it's, it's, it's like 
three hours long, but it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things in that movie that are similar to Arrival. And that, yeah, like, yeah. The they, soldiers they, who yeah. are, you know, really obsessed with the right wing who are indoctrinated by right wing radio hosts. And yeah. they that was a whole other theme in this movie. That, yeah. Well, I, 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 kinda, I forgot to mention that and bring that up. That that was like my biggest problem. With I this did. Movie. Oh, you hated you that. You hated it? The, the, yeah. Yeah. So that subplot and how it was worked in. Yeah, I did. I think it's, I, I agree with it. I think what it's it was real. Saying. I think it's, it's realistic. Like it was. It, realistic. I, it was, but it was probably the weakest in terms of, in terms of, like the, they they hinted at it too. For me, they hinted at it too much. They didn't like. It wasn't enough of a plot. Like that, that uh, one soldier should have been a famous actor. Like that should have been a, a larger role, and it should have been. I personally, I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't buy a rogue soldier. Going I don't know. Away. I disagree because then that would turn it into the major plot when there's so much more going on. Right, but it would be like that's the other thing. Sorry, that we're going back to arrival, but also I thought the reaction. But I mean, I guess because they can see that it's not a big deal, but uh, the reaction from the aliens didn't. It's like, come on, that would have fucked everything up. Well, the I mean, they knew it was going to happen. I know, but right? But what is it? Uh, what does he say? Abbott is death process. Abbott sacrificed himself. He knew that was going to happen. Is that what happened? Yeah, he sacrificed himself. He knew that was going to happen. He stayed. You could see before it happens. I I missed that. Costello. They named the aliens Abbott and Costello. Cinema joke. Uh, Costello swims away right before it's going to happen. Like he gets far away from the blast, and then Abbott stays there and finally uses like you know telekinesis to throw them out. Yeah, but there's but the shield is. is, I thought still manages to kill him. What they're susceptible to, maybe loud noises. Loud noises. Loud noises. I'm very um, susceptible to that. But yeah, that that death process thing was interesting. Yeah. Um, what are you recommending? Uh, I don't know if I've already recommended it. We, we've had 66 episodes, um, but Gross Point Blank is on. Um, Speaking of Detroit. Yeah, is on movies. Netflix, and I fucking love that movie. Some people are like, eh, "It's okay." I think it's a really tight script and a really funny script. Um, John Cusack is very funny in it. Uh, Minnie Driver is good in it, and she's in that show Speechless now. Um, and it takes place in Detroit. There's some Detroit jokes, yeah. some missed opportunities at times, but um, there, there's a deeper um, like idea and theme in this movie that than you probably think, and it's about John Cusack's alter or split personality of wanting to be, you know, back with uh, Debbie, his high school girlfriend that he left to join the military, or this hired killer, crazy assassin. There's a lot of interesting lines of dialogue in there that hint toward that, and I've watched that movie many times, and I think it's worth a watch. For sure. And great music, too. Joe Strummer was the musical consultant Mm -hmm. on it, so... Um, I'm not necessarily recommending this, but I'm just because you know it was two <laughs> days ago since we since we uh, recorded. But I'm watching it. I just started last night. I decided to start Westworld. You guys watching this? Yes. Are you done with it? No. Are you not watching it? Mitch? No. I don't have time. Me neither. But I started <laughs> it. Um, I do have time. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? 
Uh, nothing. I'm just editing this podcast. Uh, was like I say, it's you know, it's it's Michael Crichton, 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 you know, Jurassic Park. It is, it's Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it is Jurassic. What's funny is he wrote and directed the Westworld movie in 1973. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, and then, and wow. then made. I didn't uh, know that. And then made. He wrote the book Jurassic Park, I think, in '90. It was just funny because it was. I wish someone's a publisher should have been like, dude, didn't, wasn't this the plot for Westworld? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but this one's dinosaurs. Um. So I'll try to keep going, and we can talk about it. Yeah. We'll do an episode. Oh. We still got to do Stranger Things. I want to yeah, do Stranger probably not Things. Gonna do that. It's a little Maybe too late for that. Maybe before, before the before second the season. season. Yeah. Because yeah. I need. I would need to rewatch it all yeah. before. But I gotta listen to Volume One and Volume Two of the soundtrack. <laughs> how, how many episodes into Westworld? Oh, I'm one. I, oh. Yeah, I just, I just like at two in the morning last night. I decided oh, to start. Well, good for you. Also, I'm reading <laughs> Ready Player One. Have you guys ever read this? Speaking before? of that, a movie. Yeah, isn't Steven Spielberg directing yeah, that? Um, yeah, so, him yeah. and I think T.J. Cool. Miller is going to be in it. Sounds there. right. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's a good book. I could see him. It's a, yeah. Anyways, it's a good book. I'm excited to see what Steven Spielberg would do with it because it's kind of like that's very meta because the, the book is all about '80s movies. Um, yeah. All right, well, that's what we do. That's what we do. Let's depart here, Mitch. Ha, 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 for arrival. Um, again, hit us up, uh, wordwordsfilmcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at wordwordsdt. For the Wordwords Filmcast and Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. One more, and then other Star Wars movies coming out. Oh, yeah. Did you think we should be This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production, your Detroit avenue to alternative pop culture talk. 